0: Well, if you're ready for some Word today, go ahead and get your Bibles out. Open up your Bible apps and go over to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2. You got a Genesis chapter 2 in your Bible? All right. If you don't have one, get rid of that Bible. Get rid of it. Go get you one with a Genesis 2. And let's get into some things today. I want to share with you something that's been on my heart that I believe will be helpful and edifying and beneficial and help us to, again, see things the way that the Lord sees things. Too often, um, we adapt to the culture instead of going counterculture. And when the culture is more and more God-less, we need to uh, make sure that uh, we don't go that route, but instead we are ever-increasing and we are God-more. Right? And stay full of Him, full of His wisdom, full of His ways. We think like Him, our mind continually renewed to the Word of God. And so, whatever we read, that's why I recommend everyone read the Bible on a daily basis. It'll help you to think like He does. And if you have God's thoughts, then you can have His ways and you can have a life that is full of Him. So, Genesis chapter 2, and and beginning in verse 1, Genesis 2 and verse 1 thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. Now, I find this very interesting. Obviously, this is, uh, you know, finishing creation is prior to the fall of man, so there is no, no sin there present. But yet the Lord still said that He took that seventh day, and He blessed it, and He sanctified it. And I start looking at that, and I think, well, what was wrong with the seventh day? Why did it need to be blessed? were not it blessed just because you created it? And I, and I think about, well, why does, why does that day need to be sanctified? Uh, well, what's wrong with it? I mean, we certainly recognize that if something is dirty, it needs to be cleaned. If something is broken, it needs to be fixed, right? If something is lacking, it needs to be supplied. But if something isn't broken, it isn't dirty, it isn't lacking, does anything need to be done to it? Well, sometimes something still needs to take place. There still needs to be a special designation for certain, in this case, a day. But certain things in life need to be identified so that they can be elevated, so that they can stand out from amongst the others. And if we don't recognize this principle of God, we are likely to leave in our lives everything the same. We'll look at all people and we'll say they're all the same. We'll look at all uh, material things and say they're all the same. We'll look at our, our calendar and say every day is the same. We'll look at our clock and say every hour is the same. We, we, everybody with me today? There there is a principle in God's Word that says some things should be identified and designated and set apart and really set up and set in a place where it's different from everything else. And see, recognizing that God thinks this way will help me to think this way and say, okay, well, what's going on in my life that needs to be identified and elevated? What is happening? What exists in in my existence that I need to make not like everything else? Have I got you thinking yet? Okay. And so there wasn't anything wrong with this, this day, but the Lord chose to do something significant with it, and so He sanctified it. That means He set it apart. Now, we can see through Scripture that there's different points in the, in the Word of God where people were sanctified. They were identified. They were set apart for a certain purpose. They were were sanctified. We can read about how different material things, even Old Testament, it says that they took the tabernacle and sanctified it. All right? So in other words, this building called the tabernacle, this is not going to be like every other structure. This one is going to be different. It might be made of some of the same materials. It might still come from materials that are, you know, come from earth. But still we are going to identify it and say, no, this one, is gonna be used for a higher purpose. This structure is gonna have something special on it, so it's not just another house, and another building. I remember years ago I was visiting a friend in, in, in California, hadn't seen him in a number of years, and and uh and so Amy and I were were down there and, and he was giving us his address and so forth to to go see him at his house, and and he told me the road and told me this, and he said the house it's it's the I think he said it's like the brown one or the tannish one or something like that. It was a pretty normal color. And when I got there, and we drove down the road, they were all the same color. Seriously, like every single house, they were nice and everything. But They're all the same color. I got to thinking, why did he tell me what color it was? He must have thought for some reason his house was different than everyone else's. And maybe it was to him and was on the inside, but on the outside, no, they were all the same. And thank God it had a number on there where I could actually identify which one it was. But they all looked the same. And, and so but we see in Scripture, the tabernacle was sanctified in, in Exodus chapter 29. People are set apart for God's use. And, uh, and we should never view everything and everybody as being just the same. No, some will take on significance because of a separation, a setting apart, a sanctification done by God. I wonder, do you have anything in your life that is special? I'm not talking from a spiritual standpoint for for the moment, just in natural ways. Do you identify anything in your life as being special? Significant, I remember growing up, we would go to my grandparents' house and they had a particular room in their house that uh the door was always closed, and we couldn't go play in there we couldn't eat in there we couldn't do anything i i'd been in the room i'd seen it and uh, but it was their special, nice room it was the furniture was extra fancy and nice and and i I'm thinking, why is it always closed? And it was probably just closed because the grandkids were there. <laughs> because that room was not to be treated like every other room. It wasn't there hang out and watch the TV room or anything else. It was a special room, probably only used when certain individuals came over and they wanted to sit in there and drink their coffee and, and have adult conversations and stuff, right? And uh, they had that special room. It was what was different about it. Well, It was different because it was designed for a certain purpose, and they didn't want it to be like every other room and to age and wear and tear and everything else like the rest of the house. And then, then I was thinking of uh, at our house we we have a plate, a special red plate. Does anybody have a red plate? You know what I'm talking about when I say the red plate. Okay, I saw one couple of you over here. The red plate. We have a red plate. And it says on the red plate, you are special today, all right? That doesn't mean that people are not special other days, too. But we, the red plate is for someone to eat off of when it's their birthday, right? And so every, every other day, we're eating off the white plates, and we use those all the time. They're not for special occasions. But if you eat off the red plate, your food is going to taste really good, right? <laughs> No, but it's just it's just a way that you can say, hey, it's your birthday, you get it, you know, everyone else is on the white plate, but you stand out today. We want to honor you. We want to make you feel special. And uh, and, and so what, what happens if you use the red plate every day? Well, it's no longer special, is it? It's no longer significant in any way. It's like, oh, I'm eating off the red plate, but I eat off the red plate every day. I ate off the red plate for breakfast, and now I'm eating off the red plate for dinner. It's nothing special at all. It doesn't carry any significance. And so it's no longer sanctified. It's no longer set apart for special use. And likewise it is if we do not identify certain elements of our own lives, of our own possessions, of our own time, where we we say, you know what, this right here is my red plate. This is set apart for certain purposes, for certain activities. I've identified this part of my life. And it's dedicated to God. Amen. And I want you to think about these things as we go along. Um, there should be different abilities. Um, there should be different things that we have in our life. I think about different people through history. And I, I, I know that individuals at times will say, I have this talent from the Lord. I have this skill set, this ability, this gift, something in your brain, something in your creativity. And I, I'm using it for the Lord's purpose. And uh, I sometimes wonder about people that are very well known that have passed away, like Whitney Houston, like Michael Jackson. I think what amazing talents those were. What if they would have consecrated? What if they would have sanctified that gift unto the Lord? It would live on through eternity. It would live on for His glory and their lives would be so, of so much greater significance if they would take this gift from God that was meant to glorify Him and to help people. And instead of it just being, you know, self-serving, money-making, fame-making, it was done, done for His glory. That would be so much better. You know, Jesus even identified when teaching and sometimes even when rebuking the Pharisees of his day and in, in getting things out of order, he said, he talked about the temple and the gold, and he said it was the temple that made the gold significant. It is what sanctified the gold. It, it, it's kind of like when we think about our finances. I have a certain amount of money, But when I take some of that money and I say, Lord, I have sanctified this portion, the tithe or something else, I have sanctified this portion to you. How many know that money now takes on a greater significance? It's different when it's used to pay a bill or to purchase something for me and it's used for the kingdom of God. It takes on something weightier. And that's important. Listen. in all of our lives, we, should, we need to identify, what do I have that it would be right for me to say, I am going to sanctify this to the Lord. God Himself did that, Genesis chapter 2. He started this system. He started this process of sanctifying certain things for a purpose. Amen. Go over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. And uh, let me show you this principle because what we're talking about in our behavior and what we do, this is something that God himself has done with us. We shouldn't see ourselves as the same as everybody else on the planet. Now, when I say we, people are in all different stages here, all different positions spiritually. But if you're a a believer, if you've been born again, if you're saved, you are not the same as everybody else on the planet Say, so what am I? Better. Upgraded. Amen. Highly graced. <laughs> Favored of God. Anointed. I mean, there's a bunch of things we could talk about. But this is a, a mentality we should have. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, talking to the church there at Corinth, he said, "...do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived." neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. He said, and such were some of you. But you were washed. Look at the next phrase. But you were sanctified. Now, many of us are quick to say, we're quick to identify with this. We were washed or we were forgiven. We were cleansed. We were forgiven of all our sins. But notice that next phrase. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were taken by God and set apart. You didn't stay in the mix. You didn't stay amongst those where you would just be, your life would be equal to everyone else. No, you were set apart for a higher purpose. You used to be like this, but now you are sanctified. When did that happen? That happened when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He took me. He did, he did in me what I could not do in myself. He made of me something I could not make of myself. And he said, now you are sanctified by me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's the, that's the significance our life takes on today. We were set apart by Him. In other words, we became the red plate. And this is in God's system. We became what He wanted us to be, so our lives became something that they did not use to be. But we've been called, how many understand? Both away from something and we've been called to something. We used to be, but not anymore. But we're not just identified by what we're not. We're identified by what we now are. Uh, 1 Peter 2 9 reads, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many know this is not something you work for and get? This is not something if you try harder and if you show up to, enough, to church on enough snow days, you're going to have. No, by the very fact that you, you, you said yes to him. He said, now I have made you this. You are my chosen. You are my very own special people. This royal priesthood, this holy nation. Why? Because he called us out of something and into something. I'm not just forgiven, I'm made new. I'm not just saved from, but I am saved to. Sanctified by Him. Ephesians 2.10 reads, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What were we created for? Not just so we would not do this. We were created to do something else. Like, you know, like the old saying people used to say, uh, uh, don't uh, drink or smoke or chew or run with girls that do. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to be known as a believer for what I don't do. I want to to be known for what I have become. I want to be known for what's been deposited in me and how the Lord has set my life apart. In other words, what do we do? Well, we love We serve. We give. We are carriers of God's presence. We have the healing power flowing through our hands. This is the significance of what God has called us to. Not just, I'm not that. I am this. Yeah? Set apart by God for His holy purposes. Why? We were created for it. Sanctified for God's holy use. Now, uh, have you ever noticed who some of the... You ever, do you ever think about who's happy and who's unhappy? Uh, I analyze all this stuff because my calling in ministry is to help raise people up, to lift people, make their life better. We're here to bring the life of God to the lives of people, and God's life is amazing and its abundance, and it's full of joy and victory, and thank you, Lord. And I'm seeking constantly, how can I get it into someone else? You know, how can I walk in it first? I want to walk in it myself, but I want to give that life. I want to give it away. And share it with others. So I think about why are some people happy and some people not happy? And there's a, a lot of answers depending on the situation. But one thing I've identified is when, when a person was created to do one thing and yet they're doing something else, they're going to be miserable. I need to live my life in agreement with what I was designed to do. From a very natural standpoint, you could say it this way. Um, singers, singers need to sing. Yeah? Preachers need to preach. You show up an unhappy person, tell you someone called to preach that doesn't preach. Uh, You know, an organizer can't live in chaos. They won't be happy. (laughs) It's contrary to who they are. But then also from an overarching perspective for all of us, if someone has been called into righteousness, if someone has been set apart by God, Yet they are living their life in such a way where it runs contrary to that, they're going to be miserable. Can I, can I tell you this? Some of you totally know this because you used to be there. And some of you know this because you're there right now, is some of the most unhappily, happy people on the planet are backslidden Christians, those who have come into the knowledge of, of him. They've received His love and mercy and forgiveness. they've known the ways of the Lord. But they got caught up in the things of the world, caught up with their busy life, and they're no longer walking with Him daily. That's an unhappy person. That's a person who daily lives with a, something's just not right. And they're saved. They've received eternal life, but they're not walking with the Lord. If I'm talking to you today, understand this. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But if the Lord's talking to you and happens to be using my voice, can I tell you, He's trying to get through to you. And he's trying to draw you back to a place of an abundant life, a fulfilled life, a wonderful life. But if, you're, if you know something, you have something, you've been called to something, you've been a set apart for a certain way of living, and you're running contrary to that, you're living away from that, it's never going to be good. It's never going to be good. And so come back. I tell you, his arms are open wide, ready for you to jump in. Amen, amen. And so... Uh, if a person has become a new creation in Christ and they're living an, an unsanctified life, they live as if they're just like everybody else. Very unfulfilling. Very disappointing. Uh, we need to stir things up. Don't think of yourself as just an average human. Well, we're only human. Well, not if you've been born again, superhuman, <laughs> child of God called by Him. what Scripture says, what manner of love has He bestowed upon us that we would be called children of God? Amen. Amen. And so we've elevated, haven't we? By His grace. I didn't earn it, didn't deserve it, but He gave it to me anyway. So don't see yourself as just an average person. Just common. No, just like He identified that day and said, I'm going to sanctify that day. Bless it and sanctify it. That's what he did to us in Christ. Now I'm going to bless him and I'm going to sanctify them. I'm going to set them apart. I'm going to set them above. I'm going to do a work in their lives that will not leave them just the same average plain old Joe, everybody else. No, 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 no. Child of the most high God. You've got it going on, you know. Come on, you know what I mean by that? You're kind of a big deal. Yeah? Come on, take a minute. Look at someone near you and tell them, you're kind of a big deal. That's the truth, man. (laughs) That's the truth. That's what the Lord has to say. You are in His book. You're a big deal. He's got a star by your name. You're in His favorites list. Huh? Every time you post, He gets a notification. Because you're you're among the inner the inner crew, <laughs> you're very very important to him. He has set you apart. Your life is significant. Your life is meaningful. Amen. He's going to show it to you for all eternity. He wants to show you his kindness in the ages to come, his mercy and grace, and all that who he is. But I tell you, it's true right now. You're in his book. He's got your name. He's got your number. And He loves you with a love beyond description. (laughs) It can only be described by Jesus hanging on the cross for your sins. Praise God. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you're there in in Corinthians, go to the right towards the back of the book. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. And and, and notice with me over here... um, Notice with me the fourth verse. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 4, it reads, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. That's talking about for food. Nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. It's just a side note, my own opinion. That's how I get out of eating certain things. I'm just not thankful for them. (laughs) If I say thank you, then I have to eat it. (laughs) But if I don't, I'm good. No, I can refuse that. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for a way out. (laughs) If it is received with thanksgiving, verse 5, for it, now notice this language, it is sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. Now, that's that word we've been identifying. It's all throughout Scripture. We've just found a few places it is sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. Now, first of all, I'm asking the question, why does my food need to be sanctified? Why does it need to be set apart? And, and, and I, I was sleeping recently. Not, not not like last night, but, you know, a while ago, last week. And I was sleeping, and, and, and in, in my sleep I had a dream, and in my dream I I, I heard a person say, uh, he said to me, it's not just a biscuit. I thought it's not. But I knew. I knew I knew what that meant. It's not just a biscuit because if I eat it, it becomes a part of my life. It becomes a part of God's kingdom. It becomes a part of God's plan for my life. And so if I'm a sanctified person and God has then, you know, called me to be separate, a special place, my food then needs to be sanctified before I eat it. This is one of the main scriptures that we find that gives us reason to pray for our food before we eat it, right? It's pretty common among Christians. We give thanks for our food. People call it the blessing and anything else. Jesus said if you eat any t- deadly thing or drink any deadly thing, that would include food, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. That's a good idea to say that before you eat, depending on whose food you're eating and, 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 and where you're eating. But this is why, why we pray for our food, because we're, we're supposed to be thankful for it, Right? Thankfulness should be our heart. But then secondly, you have been set apart. I've been set apart for His purpose, to do His will, to live a life that is separate from the things of this world, Call unto Him. Therefore, before I eat, my food needs sanctified. What does that mean? It needs to be set apart. It's not just a biscuit. It is part of God's plan now. And I got to pondering and and considering these things further. I thought, well, if that's true for a, a, a piece of food, that it is set apart because it's part of the call of God on my life now. What else is there? What else could be identified and say, well, that's just not that's not just a car. That's not just a house. That's just not a shirt. That's just not a job. That's just not money. When something becomes a part of me, it is a part of God's plan. And so it's separate. It is God got a car. You got that new truck? And you tell your friends, you're going to show them your new truck that, "The Lord got a new truck." Well, everything that's His is mine, and everything that's mine is His because we're joint heirs, uh, joint heirs together with Christ, so all these things are owned by us. So everything I have, then it's like it takes on a greater significance. You know, this building, it wasn't built for a church, at least not that they knew of. This building was built years ago as a warehouse for distributing beer, but somewhere along the line, we found it. And we prayed. And we did construction. And we did all these things. And we sanctified it. We said, Lord, we want to use this building for a different purpose. We want to use it for the kingdom of God. We want it to be set apart. It's no longer. I mean, in a very natural sense, it's going to be a pile of ashes like everything else on the planet. You know, when global warming reaches, <laughs> reaches the final stage of global melting, which is prophesied in Scripture that the elements will melt with fervent heat, right? Everything, here, here, here's my point. Don't get off track. Stay with me. Here's my point. It's all going to be a pile of ashes. But for now, this building has been set apart for God's purpose. Who would have thought that people would come into this building and have their lives changed forever. Yeah. Who would have thought that people would go from darkness to light, from hell to heaven. People would have their bodies healed and their marriages restored and lives would be totally transformed in this building. What, what, what is the deal with that? It's not because of the building. It's because we took something natural and said, Lord, we'd like to sanctify this for your use. We'd like to use it for something eternal. And someone said, well, I don't know what, what God could use in my life. Don't be so slow to think that He can't or quick to think that He can't. What do you have? I think it's a worthy um, seeking. It's a worthy thought process, a worthy time of prayer for us to say, Lord, what is in, in my life that you could use? For your kingdom, for your glory, could I say not only the biscuit separated, sanctified unto you, but Lord, what else do you have? What else is in my possession, or within my abilities, or within my time, or in my wallet, or in my house, or in my my scope of something that's in my control that I can say, Lord, use this, sanctify this for your holy purposes and your plan. And watch how God will do things, and you'll look back in your life and say, Wow, that was a gift of God, and I dedicated it, consecrated it unto Him, and He used it in an amazing way. Amen. I believe the Lord wants to do this. I, 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 I think He wants to do this in our lives, uh, not only with our lives as a whole. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart by Him. But then He wants to use specific elements of it. And it can be easy for us at times just to say, well, my whole life is His. Everything I have is His. And that's true. If you're saved, that's true. But it's another thing to say, Lord, I'm going to dedicate my ability. I'm going to dedicate this thing that I have. And I'm asking you, I'm setting it apart and saying, God, make it special. Make it eternal. Make it significant. Make it useful in your eternal kingdom. And when I do that, I tell you, the Lord will use a beer building. Might use a few other things in our lives. Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen.